everyone, and welcome to Unboxing Story. I'm Jonathan Matos. And this is Melissa Matos. And uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, um, this is a podcast all about uh, unboxing stories in the in the simplest sense because we are talking about stories that we like and stories that we're interested in. Uh, sometimes they'll be uh, based on a, a movie that just came out. Sometimes they'll be a novel that we read. Um, we're also going to get into games and other non-traditional types of stories later on. But uh, I wanted to say, you know, I have a book called Cain and Abel that's out in stores. If you want to, if you're interested in that, you can check it out. It's a, uh, uh, the, what I've compared it to is uh, Breaking Bad meets The Fault in Our Stars. So if that interests you, you can check it out. And um, we're going to be doing uh, all sorts of things in the future. But for right now, that's... Um, this is what we're doing. We're just talking about stories because it's fun. <laughs> and eventually we will be going on to some things that we might not like as much. I know so far we've had <laughs> positive reviews, but um, John has this idea of pulling things out of a hat that we are going to force the other one to watch and or read <laughs> and see how that goes. Some examples are The Shining, which uh, Melissa has not seen. Scares me. Um, Interstellar, which has become somewhat no. of a joke in sci-fi. Space McConaughey, <laughs> um, and the like. So, oh, and Riverdale because <laughs> I'm a comic book fan, and uh, as any comic book fan will tell you, um, the adaptations into teenage drama of traditional comics is very funny to see <laughs> because uh, that has its roots in like the golden age of comics, where you know uh, romance comics were like. Gee, Beverly, you want to go to the the soda hop? <laughs> and now it's like Archie has a love triangle with one of his teachers, and it's it's I don't understand. A, a hot mess. Um, but, but then I might torture John with a few of my choices, which are older, somewhat more obscure things sometimes. So <laughs> Teen Witch might be one of them. Yeah. Priest is going to be one of them. <laughs> And we'll try and think of a few more that like guilt, guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. There you go. And and old obscure eighties nostalgic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> nostalgic things. Uh, but for for right now, our plans for the next episode is to dive into role playing games, which is something my sister is an enthusiast of, and so she's going to handle um, that discussion. And um, after that, um, joy of joys, we have the new Avengers movie coming out. Uh, so we're going to be talking about intertextuality in the Marvel Universe, <laughs> which is... She's going to have to explain to me it, again. It's something I'm going to have to elaborate on. Um, and then after that, <laughs> blend it like Lucas, we're going to talk about George Lucas and the original Star Wars um, series, the original movies, and um, how they were kind of a genre, um, blend of different genres. Um, and uh, so those are the three episodes coming out. If you have any emails, questions... That you want to tackle uh, with any of those topics, um, you can send it to unboxing story podcast at gmail.com and we'll field those for you. We'll bring them up in the, in the episodes. Um, for right now, our episode is about uh, female power fantasy movies <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and a very specific genre because, um, interestingly enough, uh, in African American culture, um, there's been a, a, a rise of big budget Hollywood like thrillers that are centered around uh, a black female protagonist who 
either her uh, husband or boyfriend is being pursued by uh, another woman, and so she has to, like, defend her territory. Um, and so it's, like, a thriller because this person is, like, deranged and obsessed. Um, and it's basically, like, you go to the movie to cheer on the protagonist uh, in, in beating up on <laughs> this girl that's trying to, to encroach on this, like, idyllic relationship. Um, but it was an interesting thing to me because the movie that we just saw is uh, Acrimony. It's a Tyler Perry movie. And it seemed like the first of these types of movies that thinks about, wait a minute, if, if this person has the wherewithal to, like, even if, the per if their adversary is, like, psychotic, they have the wherewithal to, like, beat the crap out of them and, like, survive this, this um, terrible, like, uh, siege on their house or whatever <laughs> um, what type of person would, would have to do that and um, this version has Taraji P. Henson uh, starring as um, this, this woman who is in this long suffering relationship uh, with a man who is uh, a, an inventor sort of like a amateur inventor he has he wants to become an inventor. <laughs> right. He is working on one. He is, he is obsessed with one invention. So, so that's what I'll say right off the bat is what's different about this movie, and what helps us kind of talk about this genre more in depth, uh, because really, rather than usually how these movies work, well, is, I, I want to say it does it does play purposely plays with your expectations. Yeah. Because I didn't realize it was a Tyler Tyler Perry movie. And we went in expecting almost a trashy kind of, not really trashy, but that kind of level of, oh, we're just going to watch someone beat up on someone else who we feel deserves it. Right. And then I realized, oh, no, it's a Tyler Perry movie. I'm going to have to think because he <laughs> does that to you in movies. Well, it's, um, a, it's a very interesting thing. And I'll get, I'll get into him a little bit later because it, he's a very interesting figure in Hollywood. Um, but to talk about what these movies usually are, and it's interesting because I've only seen kind of the white version of this story where, uh, and the, the first thing that pops into my mind is the, the movie Single White Female where there's a person who is like embarking on some new chapter of their life and then somebody else is like obsessed with them or their loved one and it's basically the trashiness in my estimation comes from the fact that there's this idyllic situation whether it's a relationship or whether it's the person themselves is like this kind of like it, it's like a it's a that power fantasy type of character who's like they have to um, defend their territory whatever that means and so there's not really much work done in terms of characterization right as much as it's and and the person that's encroaching on on the thing whether that's another like lover or something like that that person is usually... It's all mostly about, will this person find out in time that this person is psycho? <laughs> right. And, so, and that's true, actually, of so things like, for example, Fatal Attraction, uh -huh. or The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is another one I can right. think of, where it's more about the suspense of, is this person actually psycho, or are uh -huh. they just... Is the wife just suspicious, so right. she's, you know, making up all these things about this other person? It is this, you know, more of a suspense. Right horror kind of thing 
Yeah, or like um, Deception with right. uh, Goldie Hawn. She plays a character who is married to this guy and then finds out that he has other wives and there's this like conspiracy thing going on and it's about her having the wherewithal to defeat this guy who all of a sudden is starting to act in very violent ways and she's not used to this. So it's, it's this idea and I think specifically with... It, it's an interesting conflict with a woman protagonist because it's... it's I think women easily identify it because the idea of somebody being a type of psycho that can which that can deeply emotionally like get involved in your life and then betray you is such a big like that idea is 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 easy i think to have that appeal to a woman and then well, not, i'm sure a lot of women have had it maybe not on that level right but they've all had friends that that would they probably could point to that did that to them right. for real in their lives that betrayed them at some point. But I, I would imagine if this was a, if they were to realistically portray this as like a, what a, a man deals with it is just be like, and then he went and beat him up and then and then it was then over. It was over because guys are strange that way. You or up once and it was actually it was done. funny. There was a comedian that was saying that like a man can pretty much do anything to another man, and they're just like, oh, that's crazy, Jeff. Like, <laughs> there's not really as much of like a. Although there are. There are revenge stories that are male-centered That's protagonists. True. So, like, yeah. um, the Count of Monte Cristo is a uh-huh. huge one. He totally swears revenge out on every guy that's ever wronged him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking Gattaca, because that's another one, but that's brothers. I don't know if siblings mm-hmm. are a different story. Right. Um, there was another one I was thinking. Oh, um, another old French one in Les Mis, in Les Miserables, is that one policeman who's obsessed with finding right but actually all of those now that i think about it are all crime related right they're actually hunting you down for justice sake not right. just for some emotional betrayal right that so that's what i'm thinking is that these movies are very specific in that there's this idea of either either it's a lover who is messed up they're obsessed or they're um what do you like uh sociopathic in, in a way where They've been doing something to, like, in the case of deception, they've been doing something to lie to the person that they're with, and there's some kind of conspiracy. They want something. They have an ulterior motive, or an ulterior agenda, and then all of a sudden that gets revealed, and they it's the woman's impetus to overcome that obstacle, that, that antagonist. Or with the... Um, they have this, this new... Um, boyfriend or or their husband that's uh he has a seven year itch or something and there's a a young woman that's trying to take away their guy and things don't go too well for the girl that's trying to do that um i did see a a a movie called obsessed that was very much that type of plot where it was um beyonce was the main character and ali larder from heroes was um the hussy that was trying to come in and she beats the crap out of her and it's really fun to watch um and that's very much like a, a like a trashy thriller that's not like it's just you watch it to watch Beyonce and I hate to say trashy as though we didn't enjoy them we do enjoy them right we just but that, and acknowledge that's the, that they're not like you know that's the funny thing about high, those types high of theater or movies and it's 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 specifically funny to me because it's one of the only genres emerging genres that to me is like women going to see a trashy movie 
there are so many men movies that are trashy and, and trashy in different ways. But like this is one where it's like it's a very it's a very simple premise and, and it's it's a very simple setup. And you can you can make the argument that because it's so simple that it's kind of dumbed down and it's like a, a kind of toxic thing. You can say that it's toxic, you can say that it's not to the quality of other thrillers like Psycho or something that take more work with the character development, things like that. Um, but you can also make the make the argument that with that type of premise, it's simple for a reason because it's such a, a primordial type of like thing. Like everybody can identify with being betrayed or or running into somebody that they all of a sudden find out has an ulterior motive or um, or like the idea of like being with somebody and the fear of having that person be stolen from them. Right. Um, that's something that I think is very um, easy to identify with. So moving on to Tyler Perry, a lot of his work has, uh, well, first he started off as a playwright and uh, he has the Medea line of um, plays that were then adapted into film. And it's a very, he's a very interesting character to me because he is very honest about the different idiosyncrasies and stuff that happened in, in the African-American community. And I think um, what Fancy has, like the um, how he plays with tone and how at, at one minute it can be a, something that makes you laugh and that you, you know, like, it's just a lighthearted thing. And then the next moment, it's a very dramatic thing. And I think that stems from that background of playwriting where you can... Uh, you suspend your, your disbelief a little bit more when you're going to see a play as opposed to uh, a film. Um, but you're right that he has some movies like Why Did I Get Married and things like that that lean more towards the dramatic. And um, it's <clears throat> it's interesting to see him tackle a, a thriller. Um, but I think he did a really good job. Um, so uh, if you can explain the, the plot the of the plot. movie and then... So, uh, basically, the main character, um, and it begins with you understanding that she is in trouble with the law. She is getting a restraining order put out against her to keep her away from her ex-husband and his new wife um, because she has been harassing them and physically trying to hurt them. Um, and the story is narrated by her as she tells her story to... Uh, her therapist that she's been mandated by the court to go see. And as, as I said at first, uh, as the story unfolds, you're expecting to just hear um, about this either beautiful uh, romantic relationship that gets ruined by some other person trying to steal her husband, or he's a horrible person anyway, and then she needs to enact revenge on him. But what it ends up becoming is he is a dreamer. He is obsessed with this project that he has, and he is wholeheartedly behind it, but no one has uh, picked it up yet. And he is determined to get it bought by this specific company. So she pays for his life, basically. She mm -hmm. helps him go to school. She gets him a car. She supplies all of this stuff to him um, because he is not working, because he is pursuing this dream. Uh, there is one incident where he cheats on her early in their relationship, and she goes off the rails. Mm. It's not just, 
oh, you know, you made a mistake this one time, I can understand. No, mm-hmm. she completely loses it. And you start to realize there is something seriously wrong with this woman. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, she has some anger management problems. She is very, very insane. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so it finally gets to the point where they're about to lose their house because... Uh, he is still pursuing this dream. Spoiler alert. Yes, total spoiler. <laughs> um, and she throws him out. She's just done with it. But then he manages to get his dream. He gets this huge contract from the, the company that he was trying to sell it to. He gets a new wife. He gets all of this stuff. And now she just totally loses it. And says, yeah, this is the life like that should have been years. mine. I'm the one who worked hard to make this happen, and now I'm not reaping any of the benefits. Yeah. So, I just thought it was really fascinating how he put that together. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just one side or the other that you were rooting for. I mean, you could see that the guy was being dumb and abusing her Mm -hmm. earlier on. Right. But she also was loopy and Mm -hmm. sticking with it, not because oh, I trust him, it's, no, I'm going to get what I want out of this relationship one way or another. Right. It, it never really it never really turned into the, like, revenge thing that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It was more of a descent into madness because of the, the right. issues that both of them had in the, in the relationship. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was interesting because, like you said, like, I, I expected one of those two things, too. Uh, whether he was just a complete jerk and, and irredeemable from the offset and that it would have made it less satisfying I think that at the end because if she's like if she just got walked all over throughout the whole thing and then in the end just like you know cuts up up in little pieces kind of like well why did you stay with this person and and there are I will say like the what I think were some of the weaker parts was like she talks about this problem that she has with anger and the way that it's done i think like is trying to invite the audience to um identify with those with the trope of like i'm i'm a powerful black woman and i'm gonna i'm gonna do what all of the women haven't like i'm gonna be the one to finally get revenge for all these like deadbeat guys um and i i there were parts though that were very creepy where she's like you know me I have I have like a devil in me and things like little lines like that that are just like you you see that she has this kind of it's, and it invites kind of that thinking about her character as to whether like is this person just deranged or is this something that you know it's it's kind of giving you both sides this person has been you know, very bitter for a while, and um, this she's been mistreated for all this time. So you can identify with how angry she is, but at the same time, the level to which she reacts to things, and from the like you were saying from early on in the relationship, you can see that there's just something innately that she has a problem with anger, and it, it, if it wasn't this guy, it would be somebody else. Um, so and I, and I would have thought. If I had been writing this story, mm-hmm. or if it had been a more typical story, maybe, um, I would have thought that 
you would have this inner monologue from early on where she's saying how angry she is but doesn't do anything about it mm-hmm. so that it all blows up at the end as mm-hmm. hugely as it does because that happens there are people usually women in, re- in a relationship but not always where you bottle everything up uh-huh. and then it just explodes randomly for no, no good reason right. later because you've been keeping it in for so long yeah. but she doesn't even do that she is reactive and that crazy from the beginning right so it's not like it's this you know slow build that he causes in her necessarily right something that's already in her from the beginning of their relationship mm-hmm. so yeah I, I would say that the the drama the dramatic moments like there's there's one dramatic moment that was kind of like it was very it was almost like a do ex machina in the sense that, like, you could really see the hand of the writer behind it, where she, when she, the, what we're referring to when she, we're talking about earlier in the relationship, he, she, he cheats on her, and so she has this Jeep and she rams it into their RV, but she rams in so hard that she becomes, um, like, her, she damages her pelvic region, and so they have to, like, take out basically what she has. Um, <laughs> But, like, that, that to me was just, like, really? Like... <laughs> yeah, that was a that, bit over the top. Uh, yeah, it was just... It was that... Two and, on the nose, kind of. Yeah, so, like, that that and... There were different lines. The fact that the whole thing was narrated, there were lines that she would have where it's just, like, we get it, you're crazy. <laughs> like, there were some ham-fisted things like that. But overall, the structure of the story very much worked to the movie's advantage because you see all the little different things that build up in this relationship because in other movies, it's just kind of like this person is falling in love over a week's time. (laughs) And then, or at least the way that it films, they film even if it's over many months. Right. You don't don't get the reason of why that relationship, why the extramarital relationship happens or what's going on in the marriage. Usually it is like this idealistic marriage at the beginning and the wife has no idea there's anything wrong. Yeah. When in reality, like, this one shows that guy already had the relationship with that woman for a lot longer than anybody thought and right. didn't think there was a problem. Right. Yeah. They, they, he puts a lot more backstory into mm-hmm. the issues than you usually see. And, and I think that the, the angle of a person who... Because, like, I, in some respects I was thinking, like, that I would have written at least something a little bit because he was saying, like, you know, my... Uh, my family wasn't there for me, my dad's, like, in prison, and my mom's not here. I might have given a little bit something more that might explain why it's so easy for him to just walk all over somebody. Like, there, there could have been some specific plot point. Maybe, like, he has an uncle who treats his wife like this and stuff like that that made him more comfortable with doing that because it did seem a little bit like this is just him inserting... Because, like... We all know people who are uh, manipulative or, or it seems like they're awful for no apparent reason. But it did seem like th- there could have been more work with that. But the fact is, like, the fact that he offset that by saying, oh, no, I have this thing that I'm working on. And well, he, was, he had multiple instances of saying, wasn't like... Wasn't he a felon? Like, he had, he had been arrested, which is why he right. also he was also having trouble getting yeah, so a that, job. So th- that was that what I was going to say, is there's at least a logical reason why he's not, you know, th- or at least in, in the sense of, like, it's difficult for him to try to look for a job. Well, it, it's easy for him to make excuses. 
Uh-huh. Because really, depending on what... I don't remember what he went to jail for. Mm. But a lot of criminals do what they do because it's the easier way out. Right, right. So that's what so I'm saying. So he was is very that... much a, I'm going to take the easier way out kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But I think on an emotional level, like, being taught... It, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to to explain why somebody is emotionally manipulative. Um, and the fact that, like, it didn't seem to bother him that she was just going to work every day and, and like, 18 years is a long yeah. time. So it's like, I would have thought that at least that would have come up at some point in that interim. Uh, but the fact of the matter, like, the, it was, it did speak true to me that, like, there are guys who are so obsessed with one particular dream that they're willing to go to those lengths at, at the cost of others. And um, specifically, in recent years, it seems like there are more you know, women that are entering college and, and finding um, success in the workplace. And so it, there's this idea that, that men are um, uncomfortable with this idea of like, you know, um, th- there's just all these different socioeconomic reasons why men are performing less. And it seems to me like one of them is that there's um, there's this weird pride issue that some men have where it's like, I don't want to work for, you know, less than I think I deserve. And, like, specifically with this guy, he's a scientist, so he, he has the education and... He has some good ideas, um, but he's not willing to settle for anything less than, you know, a, a sustainable income from this company that he's been pestering for the past 18 years. So it, it did that kind of it, it was in the right ballpark in the sense of like, I can picture a guy like this doing this because I've known guys that have settled for or like are, are unwilling to settle for less than, um, you know, their ideal situation and it seems like it's at the cost of the people around them um and so that 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 setup with that relationship really works throughout the movie and you can see why she sees like oh this isn't a complete jerk (laughs) he is trying to do something if i just stick it out a little bit longer maybe it'll it'll work out for us and it just keeps going on and on and on until finally she's at our breaking point that being said, her breaking point is, is, is like, horrifying in such a great way. <laughs> yes, it was um, a great breakdown. There's a lot of good, like, cinematic moments there at the end of the movie where they have their final kind of showdown. And I think that's, in, in closing, that's kind of, like, a great, um, a great thing about these types of movies is having, um, having that catharsis of this long-suffering woman who's finally had enough. It, it's a good thing to have in the pantheon of stories. It, it might not be good for it to be the only thing that ever works because, like, you you don't want to um, encourage this kind of bitterness on a serious level. But I think, at the same time, like, the people that are cynically writing it off as just a trashy thing, like, it's, it's just a very... It's... Uh, it's an easy thing writing wise to manipulate <coughs> somebody into liking because it's a very cathartic thing to see. But when you when you don't have 
a place in cinema to see men being jerks, <laughs> then it makes it seem like all men are is Captain America. And it's like seeing a woman who is able to um, get back at this guy who is just, you know, using her. It's a good thing to have in the movies because it's something that happens all yeah. the time. Um, and as a guy, it's like, like it's not just for women. Like I think a good guy who watches this movie will be able to identify with the fact that like this is a woman who has had enough with this stupid guy for whatever reason. Um, is there anything that you that you would specifically say in terms of like from a female perspective? Are there things about these types of movies that like get on your nerves that you don't like to see or that you just kind of roll your eyes at? Um, in either of those two, in, with the, like, you stole my man, or, like, the obsessed friend character, um... Um, this one didn't have the issue as much, because she was mostly angry at him. Right. But a lot of the other ones, they tend to go after the girl. uh uh-huh. As though it's entirely the girl's fault. Right. The other person's fault. Yeah, I was fault. gonna say. And I'm like, I would be more angry at my husband. Right than I would at whoever the chick is mm-hmm. because it was his choice too to do this. It's not mm-hmm. like she's some enchantress that like bewitched him and you know gave him a love potion or something. Right. She, it was his choice too. So I would be more angry at him mm-hmm. for having broken a promise with me than her mm-hmm. and having it be a showdown between me and her. Right. Although the whole uh fantasy of beating her up and chucking her out of the house is very uh, satisfying. <laughs> I could say it's not. But at the same time, you want to look at the guy and be like, and you're an idiot so you could go too. Like, yeah. what was that about? Right. And uh, I think I think most of them try to tread the line where there's some kind of misunderstanding where like, you know, the, say, like the, say like the guy comes home and you like, he's, she's supposed to be away, but then something gets delayed so she comes home and then it just happens to be that she is in a negligee on the couch when he walked in and then she walks in right after him and that's like that kind of thing right where he's like really baby like i didn't do anything yeah so like filmed it this way yeah (laughs) so like that i think they try to do that i think there are definitely some movies where it cuts the guy a lot more slack than he deserves um and that and you're right that could be kind of laughable to to see sometimes um but yeah i it's it's an interesting and uh we're looking forward to another movie coming out it's with um gabrielle union i think it's called breaking in yeah um that looks awesome and that's and it looks like like before that that to me is what annoys me is that like if you are gonna have a female protagonist don't write them off as just needing to a be defending their guy who like you're saying, in some cases, might not need to be defended, or be, um, just have it be, like, this kind of unrealistic thing where, you know, like, in single white female, the person gets obsessed with them, and, uh, or it's somebody, like, it's the whole betrayal trope, and they're not really, you know, it's not really that they're a strong protagonist, it's just... They're going through something. They're more the victim than a protagonist, Right, yeah. So I think that this, this, uh, movie breaking in that's coming out it's a um what, what do they call it is it like a siege movie yeah house uh, invasion yeah home invasion movie where 
there's this guy that comes, um, and, and, yeah, just, like, kidnaps her kids, and, but it's kind of, like, portraying it, like, um, more like Home Alone, almost, where, like, she, through her wit, and her, like, her, her resourcefulness is overcoming this situation, because I think usually in the other ones, like you're saying, they're more, like, a victim, and, um, I'd say that that's a good thing about the movie Deception, that, that makes it transcend the genre, because she, she has to do a lot of work to actually figure out what's yeah, going on, did. and it, it shows a little bit of resourcefulness in her part, um, so I'm looking forward to, to it, it's, it looks like a good vehicle for Gabrielle Union, like, to see her getting work, um, and overall, like, I think that the, that the, um, the genre is, like, evolving as we see women getting more, uh, more roles alongside men, and, um, we're not just, you know, it, it seems like with, um, the horror genre getting bigger, it seems like we're getting more big, but, or mid-budget movies where it's, like, not just, <laughs> we have this, by the way, we have this phrase called muffin movies, <laughs> Because our local, um, we have the, uh, a couple of theaters downtown called the Ritz, and a lot of those, they have normal movie con uh, concessions, but then they also have like baked goods, and so we call movies that are like independent movies the muffin real, movies. The real artsy type things. Yeah, so we're getting some of those like thrillers that are in the middle, and it's such an interesting space because you can do a lot of different stuff with it. It's not, you know, um, it's not a set in stone thing like the Marvel formula for the big budget stuff. Um, and, <laughs> and there's a, there's just a, a aside. There's a, there's a big budget movie coming out with Jason Statham called The Meg. Have you seen the trailer for the this? The what? It's The Meg for Megalodon. It's a big shark that's oh, like, okay then. that he has to fight. And it's... Man versus shark. Yeah. That's, that's pretty classic. This is not, just, it's not a whirling, you know, tornado of sharks. Yeah. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. There's a failure state. All right. So, uh, just as another reminder, next week is RPGs uh, and how they're storytelling vehicles. Um, and Melissa will be handling that. Um, we you might, can write in. We might play through some of one, depending on how much time we have. Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun. And uh, week after that will be Marvel and Infinity War. And week after that will be Star Wars. So get in your letters uh, to podcast at gmail.com. Um, that, is that everything? That's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.